the perfect visual for an Italian soda. Hey. Hey. I'm gonna get you a soda. No, it's this, Taylor, Taylor, it's this card that's like one inch by two inches that has how to make an Italian soda that's over in the beverage section, and Zach made them. And they have like at 20% opacity just a hand doing this. Yeah, black and white. <laughs> black and white? Like you can barely, you you can see it if you're looking for it, but if not, it just looks like, oh, there's some kind of design on this paper. But it's it's a hand doing this for Italian <laughs> soda. I was, I was smitten. I'm smitten every single time I see it. Thanks, thanks for bringing a little magic into the world. Yeah. Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta fight for the small things. Hey, we gotta, we gotta fight for the people that wear the the, the small boots. Hey, small boots. <laughs> you talking about small no. boots? <laughs> little feet. Quick steps. Step, 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 step. Rat a tat, 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 tat. Alright, what are you drawing this stuff? Small boots. <laughs> well, at least you made them like Timbalands and not like Beetle boots. <laughs> okay, you ready? I'm always ready. Are we recording? Fuck me. Okay. We were recording the whole time. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ryan. I'm Zach. And we're continuing M Night M Night Shaw Melonathon 2016. Or wait, is it 17 now? <laughs> yeah. 2017 now. It still stands. We're doing it. It's we're going the distance. We're going for speed. We aren't we aren't just doing the unbreakable and split. No, we didn't stop there. We we got to Lady in the Water, mm-hmm. which is a piece of shit. But first, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You we watched it together. It was my first time seeing it, and you had got to see it previously. The movie you so much notoriously walked out of to get a refund. And like I, I like an, like an old man. I only have one one story of walking out of a movie theater, <laughs> and it's Stanwood Cinemas. I'm like I'm like fifteen, sixteen years old. Like I had you know, just judging from the date of this, and I'm like obviously I got dropped off by my mom or something, <laughs> or I'm with friends, and um, yeah, we go and we see this uh, spooky Shyamalan movie. What's the twist? And it's Lady in the Water. <laughs> and for those of you who have seen Lady in the Water, like I probably walked out just about like twenty minutes in. Like it had to be after a grass wolf chased them into the apartment complex. <laughs> and I went, I'm done. And I was like, I had that moment of courage where I was like, I'm gonna try this. I'm gonna go up to the guy at the front and I'm gonna go I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm an adult now. And I'm going to go, ah, give me my money back, please. Get your damn hands off of her. Get your damn hands off of my money, please. <laughs> so, uh, I was denied because I probably looked and acted like a monk-ass kid at the time. Sure. So, so I trudgingly went back in and finished Lady in the Water, knowing <laughs> that knowing that forevermore, like, it wasn't... It wasn't a Star Wars prequel. <laughs> like I was too young for those. Like 
you know, you don't have cell phones back then for all you, you young whippersnappers out yeah. there. You had um, to meet your mom at a certain time. Yeah, you had <laughs> two points had to meet. You had to thread <laughs> yeah. that needle or else you were homeless. Because <laughs> <laughs> mom's not waiting around for you. No, and no sir. No, sir. So, yeah. So I always just knew Lady in the Water was that movie I tried to get my money back from. Forever and in your head. That forever. Way, right? You know, and, and there was already a stigma about Shyamalan, I guess, at that point. Because Signs had already come out, and he was already kind of a one-trick pony in the eyes of, of oh, another Shyamalan movie? Yeah. It's going to be something kind of kooky. It's going to be like a Stephen King novel. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great introduction, kooky world. Mm-hmm. What are these characters going to do? And it all turns out to be nothing, and it was a ghost the whole time. <coughs> you know, yeah. it, it was all a big fart. <laughs> it was all leading up to a big oh it turns out it was a big fart all along um and and going into this movie expecting a twist <laughs> doesn't going into this movie expecting a movie isn't going to do you any good going into this movie <laughs> expecting a twist is going to do you worse because you're just like you're sitting there just you're supposed circles. to do the thing you're supposed to <laughs> the, do the, the twist where's the thing but it's it's not just that Lady in the Water apologies for taking over this conversation here is a meta movie. It's it's yeah. Oh, oh yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Lady in the Water is a script that Lady in the Water is a script that you write um because uh you you're trying to poke fun at the Hollywood scene. It's something it's something you would do as like, you know, a college film student sort yeah. of deal where it's just like I'm going to make a movie about making movies in it. And and I'm gonna have a you know young up and coming scriptwriter who will be my avatar into this story and you know and I'll I'll project my hopes and dreams into this character. So so what you get is everyone <laughs> in this apartment complex is a writer. Yeah, everyone's to a, some facet. To some facet, everyone's a writer. You have a snobby movie critic moving in, who you know all this you have m night Shyamalan as not just a cameo but as like a tertiary character who's writing something important yeah and and there are multiple scenes involved with like you're writing something important but people aren't gonna see it right now but you're gonna and these are characters telling this to m night Shyamalan, a character in his own fucking movie yeah it's such like uh like he oh my god that i cannot describe the feelings for like that blatant this him standing in a doorway being told like your word's going to be important someday, but it's not right now. If if you've never, he's a seen, struggling artist. If you have no intention to ever watch Lady in the Water, like this, this we are. I'm I'm not even going to attempt to describe the plot of this because you are given what's going to essentially happen in the movie in the first like opening like narration Two story and book. a half minutes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and that's basically how the movie plays out. But it's all in an apartment complex with Paul Giamatti and friends. End scene. And <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the twist was that at the end he had picked the wrong people to to play roles, so, right? So I that's guess the twist. What what? Hold on, to your the seats, ma- guys. the magic thing in this movie is he finds the lady in the water whose name is Story. Story needs a group of characters to get her to fulfill whatever it is she was going to fulfill. Get mm-hmm. get taken away to be Eagle Chow, and <laughs> and um. <laughs> Even the first time I saw it, that's all I could think of. I was like, there's some hungry chicks at home. There's some hungry chicks. They, want, just, some, they just want some human. Just going to take this pale-faced, red-haired, naive human being. 
but shredder to bits. Yeah, but but she, story needs people to help her along her quest. We need a healer. We need someone who knows symbols and somebody knows. So it becomes a D and D quest. It becomes yeah. it becomes a who's a team the movie, uh, with the twist I guess being oh everyone we picked on the team was wrong. Uh huh. If you're gonna count that as a twist, like it is I guess it's a speed bump for the story. It's it's something we call um 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 tension. <laughs> it's. It's something we call conflict. This movie uh, made me never want to watch another Paul Giamatti movie ever. This ever. movie, this movie makes me not want to watch movies ever again. Movie was it? This movie was confusing because it it we when we were watching it, uh, I guess you said you you said now imagine Larry David is Paul Giamatti, See, and it turns itself into a comedy. Which what what question did I ask you when we started this movie? Do you remember? No. I, I tried I tried to install the question of like what genre what, is this? Well, what genre is this movie? Yeah. What is, is it? it? Can you help us out at home? It's 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 a fantasy thriller on paper that's shot like a drama but acted in like it's a comedy. Uh-huh. And it's very jarring. I mean, I'm sure somebody out there this this is like, oh, you don't get it. It's some next level shit like it's, it's a 2020 kind of movie man it's transcending genres he's saying so much it's like no no <laughs> those pieces don't work together like i don't i don't have to use a food analogy to know that you don't mix poop glass and like something else <laughs> and think it's going to be edible um paul giamatti really took the cake for like that i mean i did, I, I never mind i can't form a thought i can't form a thought about paul giamatti but He's this movie's so, the genre of this movie. I, I like Paul Giamatti in, in in doses. Paul Giamatti is the main character of somebody who's essentially the little kid from ET. Yeah, is dumb. <laughs> it it needed to be like if if it was a comedy actor, if it was a schlummy comedy actor, this seems like it should have been like a Jack Black affair. You know, I said yeah, I said yeah. Larry David, but what if it's Jack Black is a superintendent of some place and he comes across this girl who have, it's like, it's like the other side of enchanted where it's this girl from this fantasy world uh-huh. and he has to get her back. And, and if things get tense, you know, conflict and tension happens in that story. It's, it's natural because you're building off of that kind of humorous, lighthearted base, uh-huh. you know, whereas this, you're, you're given, it was like, confusing. It's, it's so jarring. Cause you're given like storybooks in the beginning you're given like threat of like, like oh, th- there's actually like a wolf made out of grass. It's is it, like it mauls. So somebody? you take that you take that yeah. step out of reality with like oh, this mystical thing is actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's they're not playing from the angle of no, nobody believes this. That's like the 2017 version mm. would be nobody believes this is really everyone happening. accepts it. So everyone accepts it so easily. There's there's I think one character has a line like oh. Like, why should we believe what she says? And somebody else just have like a one like, it's just testament to Shyamalan writing. Right. It's like I and 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 I said previously, like I was like maybe I like him as a director, but it's like even something like this shouldn't have been released. Like this, this is something that shouldn't have seen like an actual it shouldn't like, have gone to theaters. It shouldn't have dropped the pre and pre production. 
is what I'm trying to get at. It's it's something that's oddly ambitious, self-serving, annoying. <laughs> it's an would, annoying There, there has to, to be a story behind how the coming of this movie that we we don't know. I mean, cause I feel like there has to be a purpose for this to to actually have been made because I it was like a, it. it was a set. It was on a set of like because he was going throughout the complex. Exactly. Exact. Think of somebody who wants to make money. Think think of somebody who's who. Okay, I made a supernatural movie with uh, with six. This is how M Night Shyamalan talks yeah. in my mind. I made a supernatural movie with six cents in my, uh, in, in, you know. So then I went on and I did uh, something kind of superhero y action y, and then uh, and then I did my sci fi alien thing. So then, where's where's there to go? Do I do a western? And it's like no, no. I I go fantasy, <laughs> but 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 I got to go cheap. <laughs> So so it's going to be like a fantasy character. You've seen M. Night Shyamalan. You think he, that's how he talks? No, he... he, <laughs> he I don't know. <laughs> this is just my voice to differentiate from my normal <laughs> Ellen, okay. Ellen okay. Page at, at 80% pitch voice. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Anyway. Yes. He has to make a fantasy movie, but yes. it's cheap. Yeah, and that's how you do it. You have few fantasy elements in a normal world where this all is basically a bottle episode all in the apartment complex though we get yeah. no real sense of geography no you don't you have a courtyard you you were mentioning like uh-huh, this how confused looks, i was they're like this looks like city because they're in the, like a laundromat yeah and you have like you know there's walls a basement and, of a laundromat kind and, of thing and we're like half inside outside sort of you know but then we have a courtyard which looks very like Kind of East Coast, Florida E with yeah. a pool. And then, like, two steps away, you have, like, shack and woods. Exactly. On the flip <laughs> side of, like, if it's a square, one <laughs> one corner of a square is, like, in this condo acre, complex. Center is a pool. And then the farthest corner is, like, a shack with some woods behind it. Which I always I always wonder why. And this l- let's lead this to a bigger conversation. Yeah. I'd, l- I'd like to involve you in this. Why is it that... Some movies and and TV shows we don't question geography, but then something I don't know. Like I question this, geography all the time. Something I mean, I question a lot. Okay, of things, anyway, anyway, but, but, but I mean, in the sense of like, we watch something like this and it goes back and forth between like, is this a country? Is this a city? Where the fuck is this apartment complex? Take place? It's like, it's where. <laughs> Where does a movie completely lose somebody's sense of geography, where they're no longer willing to accept like what they're seeing on? Because I can watch because the imagination can be stretched so far. Yeah, because I can I can watch something like Alien, or I can watch something like you know where it's it sets uh-huh. it sets that all kind of it's it's go also together. how how you compose the film to make the exposure of where you are to get to ground yourself in the surroundings of what it is, yeah. like with. With Alien, it already sets the rules, like space, boom, cool. But then there you are, are going movies... to be inside a ship at the very least. Here, <laughs> the... here it's like anything goes. Like... Yeah, this movie, it tried to set it up. We're like, here's our space. We're at an apartment complex. We take shots that are showing how wide this, how long this place is. This movie, we talked about, I don't know if we did talk about this in, break, in Unbreakable, but like how the some of the rooms felt differently. Because it was a set, and then they were able to move these pieces to fit the shot that Shyamalan wanted to oh, make. Yeah, yeah. We this had... movie d- took full advantage of that kind of idea to use different lenses to create, like using like a tight fifty-five millimeter lens to create like just just like intense drama to a face, but then also at some point using like a wider a wider 
shot to show you like the perimeter of this apartment or this condo plex. And it used to, it just, it was unsettling how, how different every single thing felt. It's almost like you can't really put a positive or negative attri- like bearing on it. But, but Shyamalan, good or bad, directs the fuck out of these movies. Yeah. You, yeah. you can tell he's that asshole behind, <laughs> pardon me, he's that asshole behind everything just uh, going through picking lenses. Mm-hmm. Going, we should get a shot up here. We should totally get a shot up here. I mean, is that my Shaman voice I use before? I gotta, yeah, I gotta, have, I gotta establish continuity. Yeah, establish, here. <laughs> establish your Shaman didn't try. <laughs> We're better than that. Uh, what do you think of him? So, you yeah, as a director, you think he's he's a good director? I think in a sea of blandness, where. Even somebody like Dennis Villanueva, uh, mm-hmm. who comes out with your, you know, the, the prisoners split guy mm-hmm. comes out with like a Blade Runner, and and you're like, you are given all these opportunities, and the only way I can describe you is hipster Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan for those people that are like, oh, but I own this movie, <laughs> you know, it's 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 so. Blend, just the way they're shot, just the way they feel and everything else. And then you have somebody like Shyamalan who's making, I and I, I know I've compared him, if not on the podcast in real life to somebody before. It's almost, it feels almost, his movies feel like something that a space alien has made <laughs> for American audiences. Really? To me, to me. I mean, not not in the sense of like, oh, but, 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 but they're... But it's not it's not like there's that cultural separation. Yeah. It's not it's not like watching a dubbed movie or anything like that where you're like, oh, I'm not getting this because it's a cultural thing. Uh-huh. It's it's just the the oddity and the you the I, I originality. I wanna say uniqueness, because uniqueness can be a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> and and it is most of the time for this guy. Stupid ideas, stupid premises, shot like a TV show. I've mentioned time and time before that this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah. How do you feel, Zach? I, too, feel like it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Be- but it was a couple days ago, so I've lost my fire inside of me. Oh. So why? But I remember instantly walking away thinking, wow. This was this is the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. And it's and to M. Night Shyamalan's style of, of movie making... It seems like his movies come from a place of how do I make a real movie about this? Like there's a as like it's almost as if that opening intro for Lady in the Water was his like hey here's this thing make a movie about it and he's like okay I'll just put that as the intro too and then I'll make a movie about that. How yeah. can I make actual people in these actual situations? And he tries to make it real but like there's still this fantasy aspect of like the aliens actually came to earth. Oh yeah, yeah, and you actually get to see them. You get these little get. seeds of, of of heavy quotes magic. Yes, yeah. We, we I haven't brought it up a long, in a long time, but the, your your magic bean. <laughs> Most movies you can accept because they have typically one magic bean, or or if, or if the world is a magic bean, then uh-huh. then that's its own separate. That's that's Harry Potter. That's yeah, Lord yeah. of the Rings. Yeah, the world is mystic. Anything can happen. Uh huh. But then typically, like E. T. Yes, the magic. There's bean, an oddity. An alien comes down and befriends a boy. Uh-huh. There's your piece of magic, your movie as as a movie going audience, we can allow it. Something like Lady in the Water goes, okay, so a magical being came into our earth. She's being hunted by a magical wolf. 
<laughs> she's going to get picked up by a magical eagle. There are magical. Uh, it's too uh, tree, many steps. Tree, tree monkeys that are protecting her from the magical. It's like, well, slow down, slow down. Like, time out. Like, there's too many elements going on here, and it just kind of gets right? muddled. Too short to be that detailed. The way everything's introduced and everybody instantly grabs to it. We didn't get a flashback. We didn't get a Shyamalan flashback. Ooh. Which, which I wasn't looking for, but I can't recall if there actually was one in this movie. Um, no, they did it all through storytelling. Mm-hmm. There'd be so awkward scenes where... Which- she just like she has read his diary or something, and she just says all of this backstory that you just it's so cheaply get out of telling in some other way. Yeah, but my big problem with this movie in particular, though, is it gives you all the information you need in that five minute opening storytelling. Yeah, any you you get some you get some information that's addition to that. Mm-hmm. Throughout the story, yeah. from from the grandmother, the Chinese grandmother who right. knows this story, the finer details. You, you get you get some uh, specifics of the small people they rivers need. off of the huge creek. But magical being comes, wants to help out people taken away by eagles, hunted by wolves, all there, all given to you, and it's everything beat by beat, which <laughs> happens for the next hour and a half, and you're given most of that information again at the midway point. Through the story. and It, it makes, holds your hand. It, it make, really it, holds your hand through this it, whole story. It makes me go, if you were to put that storytelling in a sequence with Paul Giamatti figuring it out, this movie is elevated into something that actually feels like a movie. So a fan edit that scraps the intro. A fan edit that moves that intro to Paul Giamatti gets the knowledge. We We all kind of learn things as Paul Giamatti is learning them. Yeah. And instead, instead of having our hand held and literally, it's not like getting your hand held. It's like getting your coke caught in a car door and the car drives <laughs> off. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good way to look at it too. Yeah. That's an accurate way. <laughs> and everything, ha- everything works in the end, right? Yeah. Everything, it ends on with her being, I, if you assume her getting taken away by an eagle is everything works in the end. <laughs> yeah. We know nothing of what that means <laughs> we're waiting for, for that lady in the water sequel for her we don't know if this is some sort of ceremony we aren't told this was the ceremony of the great fairies we're just told that she's a narf a narf oh, these terms were so stupid she's a narf a lot of but this she was could so be stupid a queen narf something we never find out something we're only told like oh well then maybe the animals will act more aggressive to her and it's like Oh, they kind of act. I don't know how a grass wolf is supposed to act. This movie needed to be like cabin in the woods level of tone where you maybe have something scary, but then audiences in on the fun in a way. Okay. Like, like including everything it had. It just that kind of meta, that kind of meta, maybe. I don't know. Make it make it a movie about the stories we tell. Don't make it about your fucking self. Is kind of how I feel about worst, it. Worst part about the worst parts about this movie. Let's list off some scenes that stood out to us as like stupid. I would I would put on the list how long Paul Giamatti was able to hold his breath underwater, looking into her 
little cave oh. that she when was he, birthed he, in when, or something. I don't know. He went he went down to where all like all the rings go <laughs> and condoms from the pool. <laughs> and, and, and it's like a mud pit with a bunch of shells and shiny things. He's down there for a sequence of like two minutes he's holding d- his wrestle. He's down there for like calmly. And uh, I would put in there um, the whole party scene was awkward. Oh, yeah, because they had to throw a party, but they needed the people specifically that needed to be part of her crew out. But they needed everyone else to not see the narf and the grass. This movie was like, uh, like an artistic rushed job. You know what I mean? Because he gets away with there. Let's talk about like scenes where she's in the tub because water makes her like helps her or whatever. Um, so they they're talking to her. The whole crowd of the whole team is talking to her, and we get this angle where there's a curtain in between the shot and the middle of the shot. You know what I mean? Oh, where they where they almost try to. It's I, I assume it might be even one of the shots if you search for a lady in the water. Because I feel like I've seen that shot in promotional shit before. Yeah. Where it's the curtain separating like the two different groups of people yeah. from her with her kind of out of focus. Yes. Exactly. It's, it's, and they stay at that angle for so long. It feel like. It's not bad. It's, it, it's a Wes Anderson-y shot. You mean you're, you're, taking, you're taking the right amount of realism out of the situation by putting people in perfect little you know like everyone is perfectly visible yeah visible yeah. and it's and you're 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 working with your frame that's where you draw your reality out there's so many stupid too many stupid moments for me to name it's almost this entire movie <laughs> there are one or two cool things though which i never have seen in a movie since or after there's something kind of cool about little kid divining the future off of cereal boxes. Just oh. how, just how the performance of this kid, how those shots are constructed in those sequences, it makes me go. There's an interesting movie somewhere where that scene belongs. It's not Lady in the Water. You had like this nice, this nice. It drew to you a little bit. Yeah, it was, it was just like like, a, like it should have been in the Matrix somewhere. Yeah, it should have been in the Matrix. So it should have been like one of the kids in in the old lady like house. Yeah, reading like there is no spoon. Then you pan over to the, to the to the corner, to, and there's a kid like reading, not even looking at Neo, but reading yeah. what he is off yeah. of the cereal boxes. It works. It works. It's it's the right amount of creepy, interesting, and and kind of real, it's spooky, and real. It's it's real because you think of a crazy person just reading. I read the future on zero box, <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> but they don't explain that. Like, what is he getting out of these cereal boxes? And how does he just channel this kind of power he has? This is like the biggest step out yeah, they well, take. Well, I mean, yes. They just, yes. It, they go from, oh, I'm not the the decoder. But well, I who mean, could be the decoder? But okay, oh, somebody we, like, we, uh, we talk, we, let's talk about this father and son because we are introduced to the father who's doing crossword puzzles. Obviously everyone thinks he's the decoder when he's not. Um, But the son is like, and and I tried to pay attention to the first scene we're introduced to him. Uh, He's just looking at a cereal box, just talking about like, like, Oh, this color's like that one car, but, but, but not in this way. You know, he's like, he's, he's one of those weird too hypersensitive autistic Looking yeah. at a cereal yeah. box and being like, that reminds me of something. Uh-huh. And that's just kind of like, they just went, 
hey kid, that that's actually a superpower you have, and he ran with it and it worked. Because <laughs> everyone accepts everything within like like before people tell them. <laughs> yeah, because it's like one scene and then the next one he's reading cereal boxes like uh, uh, seven o'clock uh, at the pool. Huh? Nobody questions that Paul Giamatti has a naked person that's unidentifiable. <laughs> mm-hmm. That nobody knows who this is in his apartment building 48 hours after after everyone knows she's there. Like, nobody questions it. Nobody. And that's the, nobody that's calls, the rules. That's the rules of the... I could understand somebody in the movie being like, don't call the authorities because we yeah. don't know what's going to happen. You know, like, no, that's pretty cheesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I expect that from a shaman. I expect cheesy. I don't expect insulting. This is insulting. All right. Anything that's, else to say about Paul Giamatti's two hours, M. Night Shyamalan's The Lady in the Water? two hours I'm not getting back. In another 30 minutes I'm not getting back. In this economy? <laughs> in this economy? 